Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. We're so happy that you came back to join us. I am Dr. Tanya Breland. And I'm Erica Leek. And this is our podcast, Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. In this podcast series, as many of you know, we discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free. And the goal is to disrupt the status quo of racial inequality and inequity in systems. So those inequities and equalities that we don't even see anymore mm -hmm. because they're so ingrained and systemic, we want to disrupt those. Like it's possible to change. And that really is how we challenge ourselves. Like how do we, how can we be the change that we want to see? Mm -hmm. How can we disrupt these policies that are inequitable and these practices um, that result in racial inequality? That really is the focus and the challenge of our, of our work together. It is. So thank you for joining us again. Mm -hmm. We are um, in episode three, really, yes. part three of our DEI Back to School series. And so our work today is entitled a world of difference. A world of difference. Yes. And what we really would love for you to do is not only as you watch and listen to this podcast, tag a friend and let them hear it or watch it. Um, feel free to, if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, TESOL Consulting Group, subscribe to our, t our, to our channel as well. <laughs> and um, please share this podcast and engage in dialogue with us around the topics. So a world of difference. Yeah. So in our last episode, we introduced the um, social justice standards for educators. And in those standards, we spent some time focusing on identity. So today, we want to really focus on diversity. Diversity. So ergo, a world of world difference. Difference, diversity. Yes. So let's let's start with the the first of the diversity standards, um, number six, if you will. Um, it's it's not number six to us, but number six to the <laughs> to the standards. Yeah. Um, and it's students will express comfort with people who are both similar to and different from them, and engage respectfully with all people. That's really important, and I love that they, um, in the standards, they kind of called out um, comfort, mm -hmm. right? Because we're so used to being uncomfortable with what we don't know, and so I think this allows kids, and we teach kids comfort. Like, right. It is okay right. that this person moves or looks or speaks or you know interacts differently yeah i remember reading about a, um, a, a situation or circumstance where um, a child was in the store um, with their parent um, and it, the child was a white child and they saw um, an older asian man in the store and the child made some kind of comment about um, the man's eyes and the mother was mortified by it and I, I might be mm -hmm. mixing the story up slightly but the mother was really upset that her 
young child had pointed out the um, the difference in the man from her. And rather than the, the parent using this as a teachable moment mm -hmm. with her child, she was embarrassed and, you know, tried to shush the child and, you know, like, it's a problem mm -hmm. to recognize the difference. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is we're all different, yeah. you know, in mm -hmm. so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And if we can get society, and it really does start in schools, yeah. you know, with children, if we can get children to get to a place where they are comfortable having conversations about students' differences, mm -hmm. we can ma really make some strides in society. So, so again, let's go back to that little scenario. If that mother had said, hey, you know, yeah, I that that man, you know, does have eyes that are different from us. It's because the man is probably from, um, you know, his family's origin, probably comes from a different ethnic group. Maybe he'll, he'll share a little bit about it, and maybe there could have been a conversation maybe. about it. Mm -hmm. But what the parent, by shushing her child, she basically sent a message to the child that it's not okay yeah. to see difference yeah. in yeah. people. I think I, I think that's really important, mm -hmm. right? To address it when it comes up. Right. So, like you said, like what if that mom would have said, "Yes, his eyes are different from yours. His eyes are beautiful, and so are yours." Right. You know, like even if you don't want to dwell on it, it's okay, but acknowledge it. Right. Acknowledge it, and I think that I we've been taught that recognizing yeah. difference is yeah. rude. Right. And I think letting kids know that, no, you can recognize it and celebrate it. And yeah, I mean, in all ways, we're similar in some ways and different in others. And, and the different in others is, is okay. Right. But I think that creates like this discomfort around difference, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because mm -hmm. kids notice difference. We very, notice and difference. And they notice difference very, very young. Yes. They notice yes. difference. Like, Yes. probably before they have language right. to right. even discuss it. Right. And it's how we as, as adults act. They yeah. learn from us. Yeah. So they learn whether or not it's okay to notice yep. the differences yeah. among groups of people. And when we don't embrace that and in, in education, yeah. we haven't done the best job no. in embracing differences. No, and and I think um, you know one of the areas I think in schools that come, and I think just in life that comes up is like hair texture. Yes, right. So, yes. like it's just there's such an array and a diversity of types of hair and ways of managing and caring for it, right? And so. Um, one of the challenges, I think, um, and I can only speak as an African-American female, sure. but, you know, one of the challenges is, like, you know, when you go into spaces very often, you know, particularly if you're, if you're in the minority, you know, you're automatically going to be different in, in some way and in, in, in somehow, and so it related to your hair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I think I was really, that I really loved doing um, when I was teaching, it's just really talking about hair. Like we would just have like, you know, with my students, we would just have lots of really good conversations. But I think what it did for my black girls was kind of open up the conversation um, to like, you're included in this too, you know? So, cause I can remember, you know, I can remember like in a very young, early, early elementary and you know, um, having like a, a like you know how they send like a like a health have a health lesson with the with the nurse or something like that or whatever. Yeah. And I can remember her 
saying things like, because I remember I was like, okay. But, but she was saying like, so when you wash your hair every day, you know, remember to like, I don't wash my hair every day, you know, you know, and sometimes you may have to ask mommy or daddy for help, you know, with, with, with detangling those long, you know, locks or, or, or those tangles or whatever. I'm like, my mother always does my hair. What do you mean sometimes? You know, it's like those kinds of things, right? So there was this, this real disconnect between what my experiences were and the spirit and the experiences that that nurse was speaking to, sure, you know? Sure. And so I think those kinds of things, but I, but what I tried to do with my black girls in that space was just, you know, just, and I wore my hair natural at a time where, you know, it was like 2009. There wasn't a whole lot of natural hair just yet. Mm -hmm. People, we were just kind of, you know. What um, do you mean by natural? Thank you. So <laughs> for African-American women, very often we process our hair in some ways to straighten it. Right. So I didn't, I didn't, I stopped wearing my hair straightened um, chemically um, in 2003. And so at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, African-American girls specifically wearing their hair, you know, not chemically straightened. Um, and so they had a lot of questions about it. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? What do you do? Mm -hmm. well, you know, how do you keep it? Or, you know, those kinds of questions. So very often I remember standing outside of the hallway, ah, oh, Miss Leek, I love your hair. What did, how, how do you do that, you know? And we would carry that conversation into the classroom, which would be fine. And then people would start talking about like, oh my God, that's, you know. So, but it was a wonderful space of safety mm -hmm. and, it was, and the difference was okay. Mm -hmm. And we didn't not talk about it and it's okay because everybody right. has hair, right? right. So. Right. But I think that that's really important so that kids can say, here's how I'm different, and this is what I do in this difference. Mm -hmm. And I think you you make it not rude and make it not taboo to, mm -hmm. to talk about mm -hmm. those differences. Yeah, there was a, there was a scenario in the, um, in the Learning for Justice mm -hmm. standards, um, in, in their standards, they actually had a scenario about hair. Mm -hmm. And that scenario was a, like a ele young elementary child and, and they, the children had come back from the, you know, the weekend and the question was, you know, how, did you, how was your weekend or what did you do this weekend? And the little girl says, oh, I, um, I got my hair done and you know, um, I, was, I got to sit for hours or whatever. And, the other children didn't know what she meant by that, and um, she explained that you know it was an opportunity for her to to be with like her mom and, and other women in the, her community, um, and and so I took it that the from mm -hmm. the example that it was a little black girl mm -hmm. who probably was getting her hair braided, yeah. which takes which can take mm -hmm. hours, um, and you know getting your hair braided is in and of itself an experience for, for mm -hmm. um, black mm -hmm. girls and black women. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's, it's a community experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like yeah. a learning mm -hmm. opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's like you're really like sitting with the, the elders, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. and, you know. And you hear all the tea. Engaging <laughs> in all kinds of conversation <laughs> or you're all listening. All of it. Yes, yes. and it's, mm -hmm. it really is a cultural experience. Mm -hmm. It is. And so if that child comes in and, and expresses you know, this experience she had with her hair, you know, other cultures may not understand that experience. Yeah, and, right. you know, the, the teacher has an opportunity to mm -hmm. say, let's explore this a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe find a book yeah. that, that deals with hair texture mm -hmm. or even just allow the little girl to mm -hmm. share more about her experience. Yeah. 
that could be really powerful yeah. um, in creating comfort That's about right. hair. Because even when you were given that example about the nurse, you know, like, I wonder if you had said to the nurse or if you felt comfortable, mm -hmm. could you have said to the nurse, hey, I've never washed my hair every day. I don't, I can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. We wash our hair as black people. We might wash our hair once a week, mm -hmm. once every other week, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. because of the, the mm -hmm. oils in mm -hmm. our hair. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, we are, we're not, it, it'll dry our hair That's out right. if right. we wash our hair out too many times right. in a given week or mm -hmm. what have you. And so, you know, that that's a conversation of differences. That's right. You know, because right. hair happens to be right something where differences really become noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, at six, uh, you know, and, and again, I was taught to um, not go against authority, right? And so that wouldn't have been a question. But but I do think, though, that empowering kids to, you know, notice difference yeah. and be comfortable with noticing it and talking about it, I think is really important yeah. because I think in those spaces, um, had there been an adult that could, you know, respond, I probably would not have felt so left out, you know, of those kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and, and in that context where, you know, they clearly were not talking to my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's look at a couple, some of the other standards. So number seven, students would develop language and knowledge um, to accurately and respectfully describe how people, including themselves, are both similar to and different from each other and others in their identity group. So you might recall in our last episode, we talked about identity groups. Mm -hmm. um, so if you didn't have a chance to watch that, we encourage you to go back and look at our previous episode where we did talk about identity groups, to spend the whole episode talking about it. Um, and so here, we're really talking about something, we've kind of said this already, mm -hmm. but you know, developing the language and the knowledge piece that again takes intentionality on the part of the teacher to create that space where it's good and it's okay and it is just a natural part of our classroom yeah. conversation for us to be able to recognize where we are different and where we are similar and it's all good. I think that's really important because mm -hmm. we have so many um, offen offensive terms yeah. for differences, um, differences in hair, differences in skin color, differences in body types, like, like it, and the, ability and abilities, mm -hmm. like the, you know, the list is, is, um, unfortunately, um, quite long, but I think when we teach kids, like how to refer to these differences that people bring with them, including their own, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then I think we do get to a place where we can talk about it and, and it not be uncomfortable, right? So I think that's really important yeah. um, that they have the right language. I think the challenge is adults aren't comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So And know, adults don't have the right language. You're right. You know? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. because how many times have you and I sat with adults, educators, leaders, yeah. To have yes. conversations that really put an emphasis on some of the differences and we get radial silence. That's right. That's right. I mean, it, it, that, that has happened like over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's because people don't have the language. And, and in our society, we haven't, I think we're trying to work towards it, 
but we're having some setbacks around some of the the polarity that we're experiencing now but i think we're we have not kind of gotten to the place where we give people grace Mm-hmm. to make mistakes like sometimes people say things because they don't have the language so if we say like here's the language right and and now we can talk about it and we can kind of exchange and i can give you the grace mm-hmm. to make a mistake and you can have the reflection to say i'm sorry i didn't realize that right. thank you so much right. that's and then culture, we can go though. on that's right I mean, that's you know that's a part of the climate and culture that's in right. a classroom that's right you know or in in an environment where we, we, we are intentional about creating this environment where, um, where students can express themselves. Yeah. You know, like for example, if they, if they want to talk about what their pronouns are mm-hmm. and people might not understand right. their pronouns, right. like it's incumbent upon the teacher to set this environment where that's a comfortable conversation that's for right. students to have. Right. Even where there may be questions or you know, students may not um, understand it or they may have mm-hmm. opposition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that there can be respectful dialogue, right. which brings us to number eight. Which is students will respectfully express curiosity about the history and lived experiences of others and will exchange ideas and beliefs in an open-minded way. Yes, yeah, yes, and yes. That's a tough one. But you know, the, so you know what worthy. really stands out to me? What? Guess. Open-minded. Open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, we have belief systems. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a belief or if a student expresses a belief that seems to be contrary to mm-hmm. another student's mm-hmm. belief, mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it, it's easy for, that to, for one or the other of those students to shut one another down. Yeah. Rather than being open and listening and learning. Yes. It doesn't mean that they're trying to create a situation where you have to believe what I believe, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's can we have dialogue about the differences even in how we believe? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we think mm-hmm. about, um, like you, you and I have recently had an opportunity to go to um, a Jewish synagogue, mm-hmm. and, you know, in going there, we know that, you know, based upon our Christian beliefs, there are some things that we believe that they don't believe. That's right. You know, there are areas where there are some similarities, but then there are areas where there's some clear differences. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to celebrate the differences yeah. as well as understand and mm-hmm. celebrate the areas where mm-hmm. we are similar, you know, it's more powerful, I think, when we can be different. And I mean, quite honestly, you know, we think about Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was good for sitting around folks who were not like him. Yes, yes. That was like That's his right. thing, you That's know. Right. Okay, you're an outcast. Yep, I'm gonna sit with Let's you. Go. You know, That's people right. think ill of you. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm gonna sit with mm-hmm. you. I'm gonna eat with you mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, given all kinds of grief as mm-hmm. a result. Now, this is not a um, a Bible study or anything, <laughs> but we want to. We I wanted to share that because. We often will, you know, sit in our seats of judgment and think, you know, because we have a a belief about something that someone else is less than Mm -hmm. or othered Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they may be different in some way. And that's what dominant culture often does in society is other 
people who are different, yeah. who think differently, who believe differently, who look different, mm -hmm. who have different abilities, and they're othered in some some form or fashion. And what what this particular standard is saying is, how do we get to a place where we can have some curiosity? Mm -hmm. Like you know, it, I, you know, I, you know, I, I'm friends with some people in the um, in the Muslim faith, and it's a it's a much richer relationship when I can ask a question. Yes you know, about, you know, Islam that I would not otherwise understand mm -hmm. because it's not what mm -hmm. I ha have grown up in. Mm -hmm. It's not my experience. Mm -hmm. And I can learn yeah. from listening. That's and right. it's like, oh, okay, I had no idea. Yeah. And the same thing can happen in classrooms, but we've got to create spaces, safe spaces, brave spaces for students to be able to engage in that kind of dialogue. Yeah, and I think that definitely, I, I see kind of seven, which number seven, which is the one we talked about developing the language. Mm -hmm. I see that as a part of this one. So that um, as I'm sort of, you know, um, engaging in this curiosity and asking questions, I have the language to ask the question, right? Right. right and so right. that gives me the space to enter into dialogue rather because I think sometimes people ask a question and they ask it offensively. Yeah. And there's or judgmentally. Or judgmentally. Mm -hmm. So they're curious, but then it comes with a offense and judgment. Right. And then we can't get to the place where we're in dialogue and we're open minded because the question itself implies judgment right. and offense, right. right? And so if we don't sort of align those two, you know, the language and also the respect and curiosity um, together, then I think we can't get to a place where we have this sort of open-minded um, dialogue. Right. But, right. And I think that language piece is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. But going to um, number nine, students will respond to diversity by building empathy, respect, understanding and connection that right there that right there yeah. and i think when we think about the when we think about difference what's missing when we think about difference and engage in difference is empathy respect understanding and connection because mm -hmm. we're so used to looking for the common ground always so if there's common ground then i can have empathy for you yep. then i can um have respect for you then right. i can understand and then i can connect and then i can like you and then i can like right. you right but if there's difference like how do we do that out of difference i think is really important yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 that's really i think super important in you know in a classroom yes you know yes if you think about um, teachers that you've had and classrooms that you that you've been in, um, as either as a student or as an adult, going in, mm -hmm. you know, in, in an observatory kind of way, you can kind of feel the difference in a room where there's that respect for diversity yes. versus when there's not. Yes. There's a tension mm -hmm. in the rooms mm -hmm. where diversity is not respected, mm -hmm. um, and I think. Because we live in a world of differences, we've got to we've got to do better in schools yeah. in creating that environment yes. for students. Yes. Yes. Know. I agree. Yeah. I and agree. then let's go to number ten. You know, students will examine diversity in social, cultural, political, and historical contexts, rather than in ways that are um, superficial or oversimplified. Whoa. I think that's really really huge and mm -hmm. I think that examination like let's take a look at this like yes. let's open this up yep. I think is really really uh, it's, it's 
wonderfully aspirational. Right. Right. You know. Right. And really important. Yeah. Yeah. And not shunning children for asking the hard yeah. questions, yeah. but rather creating an environment where they can ask the hard questions, yes. which is what that examination mm -hmm. is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, in a culturally responsive classroom, students should learn how to examine their socio-political world. Yeah. So let's look at what's going on in the world around us. And right. these are conversations that you're having with, with children in the classroom in a safe and respectful way, yes. you know, with parameters of, res you know, respect and, and empathy and understanding and connection being there. Um, but, you know, really getting students to look at, you know, we, we tend to shun um, political conversations. Mm -hmm. So society says, in polite society, you don't talk about race, mm -hmm. you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion. Right. Why? Right. Because that's where the differences yeah. lie in people. Mm -hmm. So I can't, apparently, in society, I can't have a conversation with you if you, you don't align with my political views or if you don't align with my religious views yeah. or if you don't align with my social or cultural views, you know, that's what society has done to and, us. And it's unfortunate because when we do, like the standard says, it's superficial or oversimplified. Yeah. And so we don't walk away having learned anything. Nope. We mm -hmm. don't walk away with an appreciation no. Because we're kind of we've oversimplified it, right? Or it's really superficial. And in fact, any assumptions that we kind of walked in with are reinforced. you know are reinforced. Mm -hmm. And so now we believe them even more deeply. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate because it really creates such a division, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and we're not really able to um, have that, you know, go back to that previous. Um, standard that says, you know, we're not able to build empathy, right. respect, understanding, and connection as long as our examination is superficial and oversimplified. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that if we can get educators to be more comfortable, even amongst themselves, so what we've had challenges with in our trainings, oftentimes we've had challenges getting the adults to have those conversations yeah, where they are examining right the diversity right. in culture and yeah. social and political and historical context. Like the adults can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. like those are the un undiscussable conversations mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. or undiscussable topics, if yes. you will, that are out there that we get this silence from the adults. Yeah. So if the adults can't talk about it, how are we gonna get the kids to talk about it? I mean, like that's just it. Um, and. The truth is that we don't, right? And we continue to perpetuate this cycle, right? Of um, really sort of the inability to to have these these really right. deep conversations right. that free us from these really these imposed restrictions, mm -hmm. um, and and continue to you know say you know uh, things like well we we connect through our common bonds. It's like. Well, we can also connect through our differences too. Right. You know. Right. And, and when that happens, the connection is actually deeper. It the is. relationship is better. It is. Right. And the yeah. understanding. And there's an understanding. Is more complex. Mm -hmm. um, but I. But I think that when that happens in the classroom. So when you get to the space, in the classroom where kids are connecting through difference, and you're connecting with them through through like 
what a wonderful space, safe space of learning. Mm -hmm. Like those kids who can do anything and right. they will do anything exactly. for you, right? right? right. And that's really important, I think, when we, when we understand the connection between that and learning. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I keep going back to, in my head, I was going back to just what we always say in the beginning. You know, like our goal here is to disrupt the status quo of inequality and, and inequity in systems. Yeah. As long as we're not talking about those inequities, then, you know, the longer we don't talk yeah. about those inequities, the more they exist. That's right. And if we can't talk about our socio, political, cultural, historical experiences in classrooms, then we can't disrupt the status That's quo. That's right. That's right. It's not possible. That's right. Because the status quo is going to continue because there aren't conversations happening in classrooms. And here's the thing, the conversations can happen in elementary mm -hmm. school, mm -hmm. middle school, That's and of right. course in high school. That's right. We tend to assume that they're, the young ones can't have these conversations, yeah. but those conversations are really important. They are, very much so, yes. very much so. I mean, we you literally teach kids very, very young. You teach them about respect and curiosity, right. very young. You teach them to look at the context of a situation, very young. Right. Right. So right. that when they're, you know, in high school and we get upset because these kids seem so apathetic or, you know, which is what I, I've heard a lot of. Mm -hmm. And possibly, you know, that's something that they've learned in at home and at school. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't we don't talk about difference like learned apathy. Yes, you know? it, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to expect that of them when we haven't really taught them and allow them the safety in that in in the context of school exactly. to do it exactly yeah yeah I mean this is a conversation that we really hope you gravitate to and that that you're challenged by yeah um, but not challenged in a way that you shut down but challenged in a way that makes you want to do more mm -hmm. and to be more intentional about creating these um, open spaces of dialogue and even if you're not able to have those conversations with your students Maybe you should think about how you can have those conversations with adults. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can have those conversations with adults and have it in a way that brings about empathy, respect, understanding, and connection, you then can transfer that into the classroom. I, as that's well. so true. I think that's 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 really yeah. really good. Um, if this is something that you practice um, in your own. Um, uh, practice as an educator. We'd love to hear some of the ways that you do it. We would. Um, if you're not sure about it, um, we've given you some insight into maybe places to start, and we do invite you to listen to previous podcasts, particularly the one before this on, on identity. And the cultural mismatch mm -hmm. um, episode is really good, too. This series is yes. a good series. <laughs> um, but we also um, want you to know that there are some really good resources at learningforjustice.org around um, sort of the implementation of these um, these standards. Mm -hmm. But we thank you for joining us. We yes. look forward to seeing you in the next episode. But um, until then, I'm Erica. And I'm Tanya. Thank you again.